One day, a man was driving on a road, mountain road when his car suddenly broke down. He got out of his car, tried to fix it himself, but to no avail. Feeling very frustrated, he looked up at the sky and said, God, please help me out of this mess. Just then, a tow truck pulled up behind him. The driver got out and said, hey, looks like you're having some car trouble. Do you need a tow? The man looked back up at the sky again and said, never mind, God, I've got it covered. Roy Larson thought that the most difficult part of his day would be maneuvering the unfamiliar stick shift on his loner wheelchair. It's electric wheelchair. As he ventured down the road in Illinois for a haircut. But his day became much more difficult. As he was crossing railroad tracks on Main Street, one of his chair wheels became lodged in the track. As he struggled to free the wheel, something went wrong with the chair's electric system and the chair refused to move. Suddenly, the lights began to flash and the signal bell started to ring. The gates in front of Larson and behind him began to lower. The first person Larson saw as he frantically looked up for help was a man named Mark. But he saw this man, Larson, in trouble. He sprinted to Larson's side to begin to struggle with the chair. At almost the same moment, a man named Don stopped his car at the gates and saw what was happening. He jumped out of his car and ran to Larson and to Mark to help wrench the the chair free from the tracks and drag it out of harm's way. The three men looked up just in time to see that now the train was less than 20 yards away, heading right at them. After the train went by, I just said, thanks, Larson said. The only reason I'm here today is because those two guys saved my life. Jesus came to save our lives. We also need to say thanks. In our Sunday morning Bible study, we're finishing up the book of Hebrews. And in Hebrews chapter 13, in the latter verses, it talks about giving thanks to God in praise for Jesus as being our, our, uh, at our altar to offer our sacrifice. We just finished our um, remembrance of partaking of the Lord's Supper. Each Sunday morning, we are asked to remember Jesus. Daily, we give praise and thanks. And the miracle of Jesus healing 10 lepers we notice that one of them did return to say thanks to Jesus. This morning, our lesson is called CSI Through the Eyes of Ten Lepers. You can find that in Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. We will be reading about Jesus cleansing the ten lepers. Beginning in verse 11, and it came to pass, as they were on the way to Jerusalem, that he was passing along the borders of Samaria and Galilee. And he's entered into a certain village. There he met 10 men, which were lepers, 
and they stood afar off. They lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When Jesus saw them, he said unto them, go and show yourselves unto the priest. I'm going to stop right there for a moment. It was a custom or a commandment that they would go unclean, would go to the priest for like a healing or or a cleansing. And I think it was like a seven or eight day cleansing period that they would go through. But it came to pass as they went, they were cleansed. So as they're walking to the high priest, they don't get there. As they're walking on their way, they are cleansed. And one of them, there's 10, but it says in verse 15, that one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice glorifying God. And he fell upon his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. He was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, were there not 10? Basically, you can picture Jesus standing there. Were there not 10, but I only see one. Where are the other nine? Verse 18. Were there none found that returned to give glory to God, save this one stranger? Key note of why they made a point that he was a Samaritan also. And he said unto him, Arise and go thy way. Thy faith have made thee whole. Makes me think back to the illustration I gave in the very beginning. The man on the mountaintop. These 10 go to Jesus, they cry out, they're pleading. You can see they're so desperate. They're pleading. Jesus grants them what they were looking for. But only one. What was the thought of the other nine? That was it? They did it on their own? Only one returned. That is what we look at today. In our today's text, Luke noted that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. While on his way to Jerusalem, Luke recorded to Jesus performing five miracles. I'm not going to list them all, but in Luke 11 and 14 was his first miracle. And then in Luke 13 and 12, you see his second miracle. In Luke 14 and 4, you see a third miracle. Now we get to Luke 17 in verse 14, this is, this is what we're going to focus on, but this is Jesus' fourth miracle. And then he'll have one more in Luke 18 and 35. So this is the fourth miracle recorded in Luke as we go in through. What is the significance about each miracle that we look at? In this fourth miracle, we look at the teaching that Jesus had with the lepers. Each miracle that Jesus performed, there was a teaching or directions followed by a lesson or an application, you would say, that we can use today. I'd like to focus on this one. We only know one of them returned to Jesus to give praise and thanks to God. Let's look at the request of the ten. Look at their circumstances. Did anybody know of leprosy? Thank goodness that we don't know of people with leprosy today. Luke said in verse 11 that the, Jesus was on his way, passing along through Samaria and Galilee. We look at 
these individuals. We see that Luke said that Jesus entered a village. He was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance. We know that the Mosaic law forbade lepers to get close to anyone. That is why they stood at a distance. Leprosy was a dreaded disease in ancient times. One description of leprosy was that leprosy, or called Hansen's disease, is known from ancient writings from China, India, Egypt, or from mummified remains in Egypt. It was common enough in Israel to warrant extensive regulations in the Mosaic Law to those suffering from it and the related skin diseases from there. The disease is caused by bacteria. It was discovered by Norwegian scientist G.H. Hansen in 1873. And from what I understand, it was the first bacterium to be identified as the cause of a human disease. The bacterium was communable through touch and breath. It attacks the skins, the peripheral nerves, mucous membranes. It forms lesions on the skin and can um, disfigure the face by collapsing the nose and causing folding of the skin. And contrary to some belief, leprosy, from what I understand, does not eat away the flesh. But it is just ugly to see. Due to the loss of feeling, especially in the hands and feet, people with the disease wear away their extremities without knowing because there's no feeling in the feet, the hands, even the face, and they'll actually wear away. The horrible disfigurement caused by leprosy made it greatly feared, obviously, in that time. It caused leopards to be outcast, cast out from society. These poor lepers were social outcasts. These 10 were outcasts from their families, from society overall, and even from worship. They were in a most pitiable condition. I'd like to second now observe their cry. It was likely that these 10 lepers had heard about Jesus. They had heard marvelous stories of the countless number of people who he had healed. So when they heard that Jesus was in their vicinity, they went and lifted up their voice saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us, as we see in verse 13 of our text. We can imagine the following scene on the outskirts of this unnamed village. We see 10 lepers standing before Jesus in various stages of decay. Their clothing torn in perpetual mourning. Their skeletal heads uncovered, their lips unveiled as they warned others, unclean, unclean. They looked as though they had climbed out of the graves, but yet they were still alive. They were sensitive human beings. They were living in the hindmost distance. We figure that they're sitting on the outskirts of what you picture world of society as they rotted away. They had to stay a safe distance as they shouted with that traditional plea, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us, as we see in verse 13. I'm sure they were loud. They were persistent. Have mercy on us. The important point of note here is that Jesus is the right one, obviously, who is able to answer their need. 
We have many that are in need. We have many today that need to turn to Jesus. Each one of us individually know that we will be held accountable for our actions and for our life on that day of judgment. We look at the command that Jesus gives. Verse 14, he sees them and he said, go and show yourselves to the priest. Jesus commanded the lepers to go and do what a cleansed leper would do, namely show themselves to the priest as it was required by law. And you can read that in Leviticus chapter 14. If they were cleansed of their leprosy, they would joyfully undergo the required eight-day ceremony and then reunited with their friends, reunited with society, and being reunited that they could worship God again, together, no longer an outcast. Jesus, his command is interesting, isn't it? At this point, the lepers were not yet healed. They must have looked at themselves and saw that they still had leprosy. What would they do? Jesus is telling them, go to the priest as if they were healed. And fourth, I'd like you to observe the cleansing. Luke simply noted in verse 14 of the text that as they went, they were cleansed. They were healed. It has been stated that help meets men in the path of obedience. I wonder how often God does not work in our lives because we are not walking in the path of obedience. We struggle because we think of God as a genie. Many do. He is there to do for us what we want when we want it. However, as some scholars believe, if the lepers had acted in this way, they would never have been healed. We must read the scripture diligently. We must pray. We are asked to attend worship services. Forsake not your assembling of yourselves together. We worship with a reverent heart. All these are duties which Christ requires at our hands. And to which, if we love life, we must attend without asking vain and petty questions. It is in the path of unhesitating obedience that Christ will meet us, heal us, and bless us. I'd like also like to notice the return of the one. One came back. There are two reasons why that leper, now cleansed of his horrific disease, returned to Jesus. Look at verse 15 of our text. He returned to praise the Father. In verse 15, it says that when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he's the only one of the ten that returned to praise God. The interpretation we have heard again and again is that although Jesus healed ten lepers, only one of them was grateful. The passage can be interpreted different ways, but one common message is the importance of recognizing and acknowledging the blessing in our lives and expressing gratitude for them. We can see that the Samaritan leper is a model of faith and gratitude 
while the other nine lepers are an example of taking blessings for granted, almost thinking that we deserve it. Like, why wouldn't you think? Some people in life may think that they deserve it, that they can do it on their own. Like that beginning example, the illustration that I gave. He was, he felt that he was the one that did it, not God sending help for him. Overall, Luke 17, this section 11 through 19 is our text, is a powerful reminder of the importance of gratitude and the role that faith can play in our lives. It encourages us to be mindful of our blessings and to express gratitude for them, recognizing that doing so can have a profound impact on our well-being and our spiritual growth. But for a moment this morning, I'd like to consider the following thought. If we have an understanding what a a leper went through, we would know that even the most corrupt and thoughtless sinner could fail to be grateful for a healing. When these lepers saw that their flesh had been restored, that this marvelous healer, Jesus, had done this work for them, no doubt they began leaping for joy and couldn't wait to go home to be reunited with their families. I couldn't imagine what that would be like. For me, not to take lightly the leprosy, but I could imagine if all of a sudden I was given a full set of hair that could be groomed and fashioned, and if I would be lose about 80 pounds and feel healthy and I could run again like I was when I was back in you know, college. You know, you think about all of a sudden you transformed. How grateful you would feel. I couldn't even picture that. That would be kind of cool for me, being able to chase the grandkids around and, you know, kind of race with them. I remember when I was young, I challenged my dad once. My dad was like in his 40s and I was 18. I ran cross country. I went to state in cross country. And I was cocky and I said, hey, dad, I'll race you in a car. Last time I ever challenged my dad. Can't tell you the shocked look on my face when my dad, I didn't realize how fast my dad was, outran me. So we humbled ourselves. But my point being that think about what that would feel like for us. And I couldn't even imagine what it would be like to not even be accepted in society, to have this grotesque look. And you're walking and you're granted. The one you cried to granted what you were looking for. And in your excitement, you never went back to thank them. I know that's happened in my life. Just minor things. When you you get caught up in everything, the daily life. And then sometimes I think back and thought, wait a minute. Did I take the time to actually thank them? Do they know how much I appreciated what they have done for me? And that is what we are looking here. God. We think of God sending his only son for us. 
But many times we look at people in life that go on with their own cares, their own feelings. I know God wants this, but I, and that's, they can fill in whatever, but I don't feel like it today. I don't want to. I think it would be better if I did this instead, any of that. And that is an example of what I believe those nine are saying to Jesus. He healed them where they're at. They went on their own way saying, oh, look at me. I don't know. We don't know if they ever went to the priest. We don't know what they told the families. What happened? Did they give Jesus credit? They didn't go back and thank him. We don't know. The words that we hear in our society today, look at me, look at me. And we leave out how we got there. Look at God. Thank God one did that. That would be the normal thing to do, right? Nine went out. But they went straight home instead of going back to think. This one came back to thank Jesus. Luke said in verse 16 that this individual not only came back to think, but he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Notice that he was prostate, fell prostate before Jesus. He fell on his face. It has been said that the worst moment for the atheist is when he is really thankful and has no one to thank for it. Think about that for a moment. I came across that phrase. An atheist looking at the beauties of life, looking at the blessings of birth, anything in life, but having nobody to thank for it if they don't believe in God. The converse of this preposition is also true. A strong Christian may be said to interlink all their thoughts with thanks. Interlink. I think it says, be thou, you know, um, sorry. Um, oh boy, I forgot the verse. I didn't write it down. We know that there's something about the joy. Do everything with joy and gladness. Do everything. Do all things with a thankful and joyful heart. That's what we are asked to do. Next, what do we notice about this individual? The astonishing thing about this healed leper is that he was a Samaritan, as we read in verse 16. I've already noted that Jews have no dealing with Samaritans. The two ethnic groups did not get along at all. And yet the Samaritan, and not the other nine, which we don't know, but presume maybe were Jews, Return to praise God and thank Jesus for this healing. The lesson here is that Jesus makes no ethnic distinctions between people. He was equally willing to heal Jews as he was the Gentiles. And Jesus still deals today with people from every ethnic group. Sadly enough, we have an entire, you know, when you look at the news, uh, but just different things that happen in our life, that we no, have no distinction between color. Um, what was it, a song that we used to sing in Bible study when I was like five years old? Larry's mom used to have my Bible study class. God bless her. Um, she said that I was a little Dickens. I'm glad, you know, I'm just, I, I'm sure it's hard for you to believe that I might have been like that when I was younger. But what was that song that we sang? 
Jesus loves the children, all the, all the children, red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. We were taught that when we were young. Sadly, if everybody had that thought and that song when they were little, maybe we wouldn't have the diversity that we have today in our lives. Third, we look at what we found. Jesus asked three questions, and they were all were filled with sadness. Look at verses 17 and 18. First off, were there not ten cleansed? Second question, where are the other nine? Third one, was no one found to return and give praise and thanks to God except this foreigner? Notice the key word, foreigner. Except this one that you would least expect. It's almost like if you expect it, it would be the reverse. The Jews, the, the chosen ones, the believers, are, or I guess you would say are just the religious group, not the outcast. The religion, they should be the ones back. And you can almost excuse the ones that, oh, he was just a foreigner. He maybe didn't know better. But he's the one of the ten that comes back. Points that God is making in his word. At one level, we understand that the nine were so glad to be healed that they were probably, they went out at once to the priest to begin a ceremonial process, you would figure. But being declared healed, they just returned to their families instead. But there's a problem here. God was not the center of their gratitude. Only the foreigner, the Samaritan, gave praise to God. So the nine were so earthbound, you would say. So like the shrewd manager and the rich man of the preceding parable that we find in Luke before this, that they missed the spiritual dimension altogether. They had a vague gratitude to divinity. And they did not have an adequate response to what they should have. Christ wanted their hearts. But failing to glorify God and returning to thank Jesus, they missed the greatest possible moment of their existence. Think about what possibly could have happened in their lives. And if they would have taken time to go back and be grateful. An old time minister stated the following regarding ingratitude. He said, our biggest problem in the church today are hit and miss Christians who claim to have known the master's cure and who return not at other times to thank him by their presence, by their prayer, by their testimony, and by their support of his church. In fact, the whole Christian life is one big thank you. The living expression of our gratitude to God for his goodness. Giving thanks in all things unto the Lord. But we thank him for being granted. We thank him for what he granted to us. Some never take that granted part seriously. We found salvation That individual found salvation from Jesus in verse 19 of our text. He says, raise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. The second part of the verse is literally, your faith has saved you. Jesus' words were clear. Only the Samaritan who returned to praise God 
and offer thanksgiving to Christ himself, had a saving faith. Does not say that for the other nine. Indeed, his gratitude and praise to God were signs of his saving faith. So in conclusion this morning, therefore, having analyzed the healing of 10 leopards, we should praise God and give thanks to Jesus for our salvation. Luke is not teaching that salvation is granted to those who have a thankful attitude. Rather, he is teaching that two signs of saving faith are praising to God and thanks to Jesus. We ask ourselves this morning, are we living our lives through the example, through words and works of Jesus? If so, then we need to give praise to God and thanks to Jesus for his work of salvation in our life. I'd like to close with the following verse verses that we find in Hebrews. In Hebrews 3, verses 12 to 15. Take heed, brethren, lest happily there should be in any one of you an evil heart of unbelief in falling away from the living God. But exhort one another day by day, so long as it is called today, lest any one of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we are become partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our confidence firm unto the end. While it is said today, if ye hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Blessings we have are more likely to have experience if we are faithful to Jesus. So this morning, we look at that very common question asked numerous times in our lives. What shall we give in exchange for our soul? What shall we gain? Or profit, I should say. What shall we profit if we gain the entire world but lose our very own soul? You'd have to ask that to these ten. What did they gain? They gain a status back, a joy in their lives. But it was momentary. It was for just that short time until they died. Sadly, we have to look at the briefness of life versus eternity with Jesus. And that is what Jesus is saying. Blessed are they who possibly suffer now, who are possibly persecuted, who are possibly go that extra and are weary because of life and trying to do all that we need to do. Blessed are they, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And that's what Jesus speaks. Says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. As a Christian, I will give you rest. This morning we have the opportunity to make our lives right. For anybody that is in need to be baptized or in needs of the prayers of the congregation, If you have any need to come forward 
you have the opportunity to do so as together we stand and sing number 632.